Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Welcome to the Spent the Rent podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today from Freedom Minority Network is Isaiah Wagoner. Isaiah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, brother. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Yeah, this is really cool. You've been uh, getting a lot of attention lately uh, in the local area, uh, leading peaceful protests. I think most notably, you had one recently uh, where it ended up at the mayor's house in Springfield, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, my first question that I wanted to ask you basically is what would you define as a peaceful protest? What I would define as a peaceful protest is, um, with, when you have a group of people together that have the exact same message and are on the exact same page, um, it, it's people being in unison, walking together, talking together and having the same response together. So it's an organized, it's more of an organized protest uh, that would be um, peaceful for me, um, as well as everyone going home, meaning no one is hurt um, uh, by the elements, by others, um, and then on. Um, and so that's kind of what uh, is defined as a peaceful protest to me. It's more of using your tongue versus using your fists. So as I let in, uh, you're representing today, obviously yourself, but also Freedom Minority Network. Can you tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about what that is? Yeah, so the Freedom Minority Network, um, it's built up of me and Chantel Robertson, who is, uh, was appointed on the police commission board. I myself will be on the police commission, uh, police task force uh, here in town. Uh, and what we are doing is uh, we were both part of a, part of a group um, we, we had some disagreements, some respectful dis disagreements of how we would like to uh, attack things. And we initially branched off to divide and conquer, um, and not, not, to, um, not to shift the focus or shift the movement on, on uh, certain individuals, but to say that this is what we would like to do. And what we would like to do is um, have a clear message, have full transparency. It's more of an email campaign. We want to help most of the folks that are not able to go out in the protest and uh, chant or walk or even hear um, most of the stuff. They're just kind of online. And then they, uh, they see an email link and, and they email and email and, and, and message and message, hey, can, hey, what we can do to help? Hey, can, what can we do to help? What can we do to help has been a common question. And so that question is something that me and, and Chantel sat down and said, this is what we'd like to do to help those folks that aren't able to come out or aren't able to necessarily give, um, give money uh, for, the, for the event. So this is more geared towards, um, we'd like to have your time, we'd like to have your service. And we're a community outreach group uh, through email campaign uh, to work with other organizations that have already um, been doing this type of work. It's just to express the voices of the people who aren't able to attend and to um, make life better for people uh, of all colors, even though uh, we're our gear, our gear focus is minorities because we are of minority. I am black, Mexican, and white. So um, that's why it was, it hit home for me to be uh, a minority versus um, just full black. Sure. So uh, there's two things I wanted to, to touch on with what you were just talking about. Uh, one, I want to ask about the police review board a little more. 
And then also the first part. So just to kind of clarify now, Black Lives Matter is obviously the cause and that encompasses a lot. And then there is subsections of that. Is is that what you're referring to saying that you're branching off where there's a lot of times people think that it's just a one size fits all approach, the way that people will, you know, protest or use their voices is just encompasses everybody, but, and we're not going to put any calling anybody out, nothing like that. No, no, at all, at all. And I want that to be clear, but there's just certain approaches that when you're going to attach your name to it, especially as leadership, that you want the approach to be something that you actually, the input is clear and that you represent that fully. So this, is that something that you're kind of saying that that's why you decided it was best for you to branch out and do it kind of your own way? We decided that it was best based off of when you look throughout history, there's so many different civil rights leaders that weren't affiliated with the same group, but they had the same cause that they were fighting. And I don't want to take the approach of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, where you have two brothers saying one's peaceful, one's violent. And, you know, you got all this confusion about which one is which. What we were wanting to do is say, like, hey, there's people like Adi B. There's people like James Baldwin. There's people like W.E.B. Du Bois. There's, there's so many different uh, individuals out there that were fighting in each different um, state for, for, for the rights of, of the people. And right. so that's pretty much what we are geared toward. We're, we're not saying, hey, don't denounce this and don't denounce that. This is another way. If you'd like to see it our way, um, please join and help, but continue to fight the fight for everyone. Absolutely. Um, it's very important that it's not me just doing this. Yeah. If it was just me doing this, I'd be restless and very tired. And um, so we need divide and conquer. We need to uh, split up and make sure that we are everywhere to continue to get the message across. Yeah, it's a multi-pronged approach, definitely. So uh, you mentioned some of the, I'm going to get back to the police review board thing, but but you mentioned some of the uh, different icons in history, Malcolm X, uh, obviously Martin Luther King. I'm, I do not remember his name because he changed his name, but one that was made headlines that I wasn't aware of, Stokely Carmichael, uh, that made news recently because at John Lewis's service, Bill Clinton made kind of a half-assed remark, be more like John Lewis, less like Stokely Carmichael, which is bullshit. And that's not what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? I want to make that clear, that we're talking about right. you know, ways of approach because it seems like from what I've seen of Stokely Carmichael, I'm a progressive, you know, I've supported people like Bernie Sanders, for example. And Stokely Carmichael was just talking about the injustices of capitalism run unfettered. And so I think people really need to do their research on this. This is one of the benefits of what's been happening is that I myself have learned so much about the history, the construction of our union in this world, in this country. So, yeah. So I, I, I've, I appreciate what you're saying about doing it your own way, but definitely not condemning the people that are doing it differently. That's their, that's their fight to fight as far as, you know, the feedback. Uh, now, the police review board, tell me a little bit more about that. Is this something that's new? You said that you're getting involved with this. Is, is this something that's been existing? So, so Chantel will be on the police commission board. This has been enacted. I don't know how long, but it's been in place for a while here in Lane County. Um, and I believe they're only geared towards uh, EPD, meaning uh, Eugene Police Department. I am not aware if Springfield Police Department has a type of review board um, that is put together by civilians um, versus who are elected to be there. So I'm not exactly sure um, what, what, what's going on in Springfield Police Department. Now, when it comes to the Police Commission Board, Chantel would be best to speak on that. Um, they sent her a pretty, descript a pretty descriptive 60-page email, um, which she's uh, taken the taken the opportunity to say, "I'll read 10 pages a day, and in six in six days, I'll have it have it done." So it, th there's a lot to go into it. Um, it is volunteer work, so that they're doing it um, j just to fight the fight without getting any type of money in their pocket. And um, like I said, it's made of a, a panel of about. Gosh, I think there's like 15 to 20 people. And um, these people are, are looking and reviewing some of the cases that are going on, but they ultimately don't have the, the say-so, you know, because down the waterfall of the chain of command, I don't know exactly where they're at, but I'm pretty sure they're close to the bottom in regards to the, to the auditor's office, the IA, and um, the union. Right. So. 
Yeah, I did an episode about a uh, labor labor arbitrator, and we talked about mediation. So it sounds to me like what they're doing is more mediation. And like you had said, what was his name again? Your 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 buddy, uh, the one that's in on the board that you're working with in the Freedom Network, the Freedom Minority Network. What is his name? Oh, Chantel Robertson. Okay, it's a good. it's a female. Oh, okay, her. So yeah. uh, we will. Uh, off air, maybe uh, you, we can, I'll try to reach out to her at some point too and have her on. And that would be really cool. So uh, now with the peaceful protests, uh, what goes into picking a location uh, for each event? So to be completely 100% transparent and honest, I did not have any, um, any say over any protests except for the one that was at Safeway to the mayor's house into Pioneer Parkway. I was part of an organization that everyone came together and decided these decisions. So um, it would be unfair of me to say, I chose this route and we walked the route I chose. And so it was, um, I can kind of give you an in-depth look of what that kind of meeting, what the meeting looked like, but I'm not going to say names or, you know, phrases. I'll just say uh, we came together as a group. Um, we talked about locations and it was more of like a brainstorming activity. Hey, Coburg would be cool, uh, meaning Coburg Road. Hey, Barger would be cool, uh, Barger area and um, farther out uh, east of, of Eugene. Or hey, you know, these certain areas would be cool. Now, being in these, in these groups and these brainstormings, it was um, a bit uh, frustrating for me, if I could say, just because... I was born here at the original Sacred Heart. I grew up with a father who, who didn't have a car. And, and I'm just getting into this just to say that I took every single bus in this city from about eight years old to about 17, 18 years old. And I'm talking about the bus from the Eugene Springfield Station all the way to Springfield, uh, Eugene's bus station, Springfield Station. So I've been intimately everywhere walking these streets driving these streets and so a lot of the times when i was trying to say hey these are the places that we can go um it didn't really go anywhere so a lot of the things i i was kind of vetoed out um because uh they saw the the, the significance in other areas which was absolutely okay and we marched those areas and those were successful um but what i would like to see is uh a coburg road uh, march down down the main road because that's a pretty big main road and everybody knows where, where that's at and if we get a lot of people i think that would be very powerful um uh, I, I i like the river road idea that they finally came up with a barger area and so it kind of went off of um we've been downtown so much we're, we're, we're marching through areas that no one's actually home no one's working in these offices and so we got to the point where we said, let's get the public involved. And that's why it became more residential. Right. Now you had mentioned <clears throat> the night where you had the, the uh, march that began at Safeway, went to uh, Christine Lundberg, the mayor of Springfield, went to her house. She came out and spoke with you guys. The tone, go ahead. And I will say real quick, I did, uh, so that was, I did do the first ever Springfield marches route where we went from Pioneer Parkway down uh, Centennial down Rainbow down D Street, I believe. Right. Um, back to back to where the public library was. So I did make that route sure. um, for the first one. I just wanted to add that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. So you you and went to the mayor's house, <clears throat> and uh, she did come out and speak, and the tone was very calm and respectful. Uh, you know, I think it was really gracious of her to come out and speak and and show that you're that you're being heard, you know, and that she's going to do what she can. I think a lot of people don't understand how local government works, how those steps, you know, as a mayor, people are like, why don't you fix this? And she's like, I'm not the end all be all city council. There's steps, there's channels, you know, and, and I've been recently getting more involved in local politics and I'm learning about that. And there is a good reason for that, for there to be mm -hmm. a difficult, you know, step and process. And yes, things can be slow, but if not, then you have, authoritarianism <laughs> you know you've got one person right. making all the decisions and that's what we have at the federal level and it's a disaster so i was really pleased watching that uh you know obviously there was the outcome of it everybody went home you know uh safely the police were 
protecting that situation because of the facts that we, with, with uh, traffic and whatnot, you know, you, you do these in places that'll get a lot of attention and yes, um, for people that are annoyed by it or whatnot, it, it's something that can delay their route for a little bit, but it's a message that needs to be heard. So I definitely respect what you guys are doing. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the children's March. This is probably mm -hmm. the one that's gotten the most attention. And I know that there's things that you can't talk about because there is a pending uh, criminal case. Uh, but tell us about the Children's March, what that was about. There's been a lot of misinformation about that. The Children's March now, if I'm correct, it was at Alden Baker Park? No. No. Uh, it was okay. uh, Sladen Park in uh, the Whitaker area. Okay. I was so off. Okay, so tell me a little bit about the Children's March and yeah. what, the, what the message was supposed to be there. So uh, when I was with the, uh, with the group, um, as we often did, we, we brainstormed ideas and, and different ways to get the community involved. And the Children's March was something that we all came to the conclusion that we don't want to do this. We need to do this. And the reason why was because everyone in that group, majority, I would say about 75%, of the group or the people that we were um, having close to us intimately has young children, younger children. And they were not able to attend most of these marches because of language, length, uh, meaning time. And um, we don't know the, the safety precautions of it. So, you know, you going out dark and you have children out there, things could, things could get rough. So, we came together as a group. We said, look, we want to do this earlier in the day while the sun is out. Um, so people can see us clearly. This won't be, we won't be out at, at dark at all. Um, so we did that earlier in the day. The plan was to go from the park because you want to start at a park with, with children. Um, we had a sign station that children can make their own signs, be creative, do their own artwork. We, we, we didn't say, hey, this needs to say Black Lives Matter. No, say, say whatever you want. As a child, this is your protest. What, what, would, you like to, what would you like to do? And then in, in teaching them before we left about what protesting is, you know, what, what the First Amendment right does for you to speak freely. And then we took it to the streets like we always do. And, um, of course, there were safety vehicles. Um, and we had a safety bike crew. Um, and what that looks up is just what that is about is just community people coming together um, that are making the right conscious decision of how to protect and how to um, keep things safely. And so all those people have come together and they, they, they made it as safe as, as possible to have vehicles in the back, one lead vehicle in the front and bikes on the side and front of us to keep everybody shielded and protected. Most of the time when we come up to the areas that, so we start down a residential street, which was um, where, where the park was going on North Adams um, down to first street. So first street was the actual main road, non-residential. Um, you can go over 25 miles an hour down that road. And so before we went down that road, we look, you, you got to look both ways of the street, make sure that the, the traffic is pretty clear. We walked down First Street after we made sure that traffic was pretty clear. We marched down, we sang songs, we had kid-friendly chants, and then once we got to Skinner's Butte Park, um, where, where, where the park, uh, where the um, march was going to be um, pretty much like a relaxed area. We, we just got done walking and, and, and marching. Now this is more of a relax. We had refreshments, we had treats for the kids and adults. We also provided, um, I believe, uh, Domino's provided us some pizzas to serve to the people. I don't know if they were free or if we had to pay for them. So we had all these different services for the children. Once everybody ate, we split the groups into um, by age group brackets. And we had children's books and also uh, for the older groups, um, more stories geared about some of the leaders' experiences going through middle school and high school. So and we did this in a way that we picked a tree in the park so we can social distance. You're at this tree. You're at this tree over there. You're at this tree over there. You're at this tree over there with groups. 
had the children sit crisscross applesauce like us spread out of course their parents were also able to sit in the back and we just we read the child, children's book and then we stopped and we had a QA um just regarding to the book regarding to uh to the school that they attend the reason why we did that wasn't to target anyone hey what school do you go to so we can find you now it was hey what what schools are here so we can get a good um uh a good graph or idea to know which which area which kids you were coming from and we had kids from uh cal young we had kids from willa gillespie we had kids from um roosevelt and edison and barger area bethel and, and springfield so we had kids from all over and we just said you know what would you like to see in your school what what changes would you like to see and it doesn't have to be geared towards um uh racial changes or uh, anything to do with uh, black lives matter just more or less as a as a child not being able to speak up or not being able to say how school runs what would you like to see so stuff like that can do some stuff making them feel more involved our group dwindled down a little bit at the at the tail end of everybody speaking so i suggested that um from skinner's buke there's a bike path that goes directly past 4j directly to the uh, park that we were marching from initially and i said hey since we have lower numbers um should we just walk through the bike path that way you know everybody's safe everybody's okay and they said we want to start the march the way we ended the march and that was taking it to the streets chanting and finish it up so that was that was my idea that I was vetoed out again of, which is like I said, absolutely fine, because it it's about a group decision. It's not about one man's decision. Sure. We took it back out to the streets. Everything was nice. Everything was peaceful. I had my own daughter there. Um, I hope he doesn't get upset by me saying this, but I'm pretty sure he knows. Trey Stewart had his own son there. Right. So all of the community members that have been out here streaming, out here protesting, brought their children out here to say, this is, you know, it's, it's, it's time for our children to get together. It's fi a family moment. And so towards the tail end, when we had lower numbers, um, and once you get to the lower numbers, you don't really film anything. You're not really taking pictures. You're kind of just, let's kind of wrap this up and get home. Well, and also for the no. privacy of the children, you know, you can't be filming like you were just talking about. Some of the stuff that was discussed stays in inside the group because you don't want to be putting on blast there's a lot of negative attention but yeah so right. we'll get to that in a minute. Right. Go, go ahead and continue so we <laughs> walked down uh we walked down by skinner's view the same we, we went in a reverse way the same way we got there we went the same way back went down first street we had a couple car altercations that were trying to um drive as fast as they could to kind of like to miss people um earlier uh by dairy mart that's on a west first street so we had a few car altercations and we talked to those people peacefully and we let them know hey if you can go around or wait for a moment and most people were actually you know very excited they complied or they put their fist out to let them know that they they were there in solidarity as well um and so people were very respectful no one was honking their horns or saying any type of disrespectful things now when we got down north um north adams to go back to the park and at this point in time when we're on North Adams, we're talking about with children, a 10 minute walk. If you're walking by yourself from West first and to, to the park, you're probably talking about a three minute walk, you know, just by yourself, just right. normal walk. And it's residential. And these, this is an area that cars would be going typically 20, maybe 25 miles an hour, very slowly. Um, once we approach the roundabout, where I knew the cars would be coming in, in and out in, in, a, in a quicker uh, manner, fashion. Um, me and, a, and another individual, we blocked off the road of the side that we'd have cars coming in with our bodies, meaning I was standing on one side of the roundabout. I had another gentleman standing on the other side of the roundabout. What we were doing was just shielding the children that were walking behind us uh, to go to our ending destination. Now we had a vehicle come and they saw us stop, turn around and go the other way because they realized this was a march and there's other alternative routes to go down the street that we're going down. Sure. Multiple alternative routes. Um, there was a car that came, 
he saw the they, they the car saw the march they didn't want to for whatever reason slow down or stop that vehicle made the conscious decision to not go the way of the roundabout which would be you know driving forward and then turning your car most roundabouts you're driving forward and then you're going to be turning your car slightly to the right and going around it right this car there's two yellow lines all the way down the street yellow lines indicate you are not allowed to cross over um that's why they put the two yellow lines there to divide the streets one car is going to be coming this end way the other car is going to be going this way that car chose to go between the two yellow lines and go the opposite way of the roundabout now say if there was a vehicle coming in he would be hitting that vehicle would be hitting that other vehicle head on right so instead of hitting a vehicle head on that vehicle hit me head on that i was standing right in front of now i put my hands up i shouted stop shout out those children I didn't know, like I said, I had my own daughter there. I had my own family there. So I didn't know exactly where um, the children were. I just know that they were about a first down away. What is a first down? About 10 yards. Yeah, about 30 feet. Um, away. And um, with children, you never, we had young ones. And I've seen multiple times a young kid maybe not get his way or maybe feel restless or maybe see their car, parents' car because we were right where people were parking. So this was an opportunity for people to start getting in their either getting in their cars or, or going straight to the park with us because that was a road that we parked most of our cars down. Even my own car was parked down on that road. So most of the time you'll have a little child see their car or race a different child, start running in the street. So I was scared. So I, I, I was, stop, stop, stop. And when I realized they were not going to stop, I did what I did to save my life, which was jump out of the way of the car, not jump in front of the car. I jumped from one position out of the road, sure. not jumping into the road. I jumped out of the road. Now jumping out of the road, the left side of my body was clipped by the bottom wheel to the upper windshield uh, area, bar area. I did not make contact with his actual windshield. It's more of that section that is holding the windshield together, that bar area. And so that's where I made contact with my, uh, my, my, my hamstring and my, and my upper buttock made contact with the fender, my lower back up until about the middle of my back, right before my shoulder blade made contact with that bar area. My left arm made contact with the mirror area the the mirror of the vehicle of of the side mirror right at that point in time i was uh i fell down uh, I, i'm not going to say exactly what what happened and how i my body was turned but i will just say that after the contact i was down on one knee i looked up to see first if any child or anybody was injured or hurt by this uh, you know, I was scared from scared for that scared that there might be a child right behind me, you know? Sure. So once I realized that that wasn't the case, I looked up and I saw this vehicle going as fast as possible. Now I cannot gauge a, a speed sure. because that's, it's very, it's, there's, there's shaky things on that. So I can't gauge a speed, but going as fast as you could down a residential that is over the speed limit absolutely over the speed limit to um i would say flee the crime flee the, flee the scene of the crime yeah um once i collected my composure um and people were people were yelling stop at this individual we we walked down uh and followed the 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 car that was tailing this individual to to find out where this individual was because we needed to get a license plate excuse me we needed to get a, a license plate and people wanted an explanation of why this individual wouldn't stop and make sure that everybody was okay um, at this point in time. So that's, that's initially what happened. Um, also, you know, I had a mega megaphone in my hand that was obliterated. Um, it's funny. I was going to, I threw the megaphone away and I thought I threw it all away, but I have 
this from it. And this is just the handle that you can see this wow. left. So they yeah. separated in two and the megaphone was completely obliterated. So I think I'm going to keep this as a souvenir. Sure. Um, so just, you, to, just, you know, just, a, just something that I can have from, from that now. Right. Besides having my family and my life. Yeah. But Which that's is good. pretty much what took place. So you, you spent the night in the hospital. Uh, a lot of the, uh, four hours in the hospital. Oh, four hours. Okay. Night. okay. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the reaction in the public was, you know, like I had touched on before, why was there no cameras? And I think it makes obvious sense that there's a lot of privacy issues when we're d- dealing with children uh yeah so what was the response from the community you know i know that you received both extremes you know but can you speak on that a little bit so the love was overwhelming the love was beautiful the love of the community i think outweighed the hatred of the people who weren't there or don't understand what was going on or don't understand protesting at all in first amendment rights so the love of the community definitely outweighed the hate now the hate was all lives splatter play stupid games win stupid prizes right you, you're in the road you're gonna get hit oh you were in the road and you got hit by a car who would have right. thought it um why would you have children in the street um this guy jumped in front of the car to make it all up um, if it would have been me, I would have killed him. Stuff like that. So, um, you know, all live splatter stuff like that. All so, online. Uh, I mean, all online and through emails, through emails, through Facebook posts. Online, email. Yeah, mostly because you know we have keyboard warriors. We all know what that, that is about. And but you know, some of these people, of course, you know, they'll say it to your face as well. But to me, like I said, um, to push the correct narrative, I've been a man of honesty. I've been a man of peace. Not my whole life. I'm not over here to say I've never, never lied before and never been peaceful before. I have. A, I, I, I will say on the podcast, I do have assault charges over six years ago, going on seven years ago. Um, so I haven't always been a man of peace. I've, I've used uh, my fist before, um, but through life experiences and, and, and growing through life and growing through growing pains, I've learned um, a tongue is a powerful weapon. Um, I've said things that are controversial that have gone against me. I've said things that are beautiful that have gone for me. So um, like I said, I mean, it, it, I asked what my, my, I guess my response to most of those people were go back and look at all the videos that I've been associated with in protests, go back and look at everything that all of my body of work up till this point, because I've never one time was looking for, I, I didn't go out there looking for trouble. I mostly went out there looking for who can I keep safe? Sure. Because I know under other individuals are looking for trouble. And I, I mean, from the little bit that I've been aware of you, I mean, this is the first time we've talked face to face. We became friends on Facebook because I've been kind of networking with with doing my part and get and elevating voices and allowing people to be heard, at least their you know take on on events. Uh, so I appreciate you know you becoming part of my network. Um, but everything that I've seen of you has been calm, patient, peaceful, respectful and actually respectful of the opposing sides of counter protesters, people getting in the middle of people, you know, in the events in Springfield, which to me meant a lot because I grew up in Springfield, just like you, I graduated from South Eugene. I did attend Hamlin in in Springfield high school. So Springfield is really near and dear to my heart. Did you go to Moffitt? I moved here in sixth grade. So I moved here from Salem. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, Springfield is really my, my home. Lane County is, is my heart, you know, just all of it. I love. So it's, it's, we have a lot in common in that and that I've been on every bus. I rode the bus until I was 36 (laughs) and just finally got my license by choice because I love the community and I love bumping elbows with everyone, even people that I can't stand, (laughs) you know, so I've seen a great bus system. We do. And, you know, you can go back and listen to the episode I did with Trey Stewart. And I mentioned your warmth coming across on the streams. And I think that that is a common thread, even with people that may disagree with the message that they can see that. So that's why I wanted to have you on today to talk to to you a little bit more to at least hear your take on some things. And I think the events that happened 
with the protest starting at Safeway, the one that you were the leadership of organizing it and at the mayor's house. I think that was incredible. And again, I'm not denouncing the stuff that has happened in different nights. Sometimes I just question the approach and that's not my place to decide. Everyone has their opinions on things, you know, but I definitely support people getting out there and showing that there's, I think at the end of the day, when things have turned sour in Springfield, the protesters are showing that this is why this is happening. <laughs> because it's consistently, it's like this uh, elevation or escalation by the police is why we're here. So we're proved, they're just proving our point, you know? And so I think that it's, it's something that I respect what you guys are doing. And I say you guys as a broad swath. There's a lot of people yeah. with different approaches, you know? And, and so, yeah, I wanted to touch on changing gears. I wanted to touch on John Lewis uh, has been, laid to rest recently. If anybody is unfamiliar, then they haven't watched the news. He's a civil rights icon. He marched with Martin Luther King. He's somebody that started the whole movement of, you know, blocking bridges, uh, using the roadways as, I don't know if he started that, but he made it very, very famous. And he, he you know, he was a U.S. representative in the state of Georgia, and he spoke a lot about getting in good trouble. So if you get arrested for doing something that doesn't destroy anything but is picking a symbolic target uh to start the march and then you know you might get arrested for it and that's good trouble you know there's good trouble so you're not going to spend a lot of time because it's not something that's that's an aggressive uh uh it's a victimless crime essentially you know so so john lewis is definitely an icon but i wanted to ask you who are a few of your civil rights heroes over history Few of my civil rights his, um, heroes in history. The first time I ever learned about civil rights was from my grandfather, Felman D. Motley, who is a civil rights activist um, who marched with Dr. King, has multiple photos marching link and link with Dr. King from Alabama. Wow. Uh, he would definitely be my favorite civil rights activists um, on, on my mother's side. Um, he grew up in a hard time. Yeah. 60. Having, yeah. having someone who grew up around, and I, I will say he, he, he did not have the same methods of, of everyone else. He did see certain things in different, different, different lights because of the scrutiny, the brutality that he grew up in, in the South being a black man. And I'm not talking about being a light skinned black man, being a dark skinned black man. Um, so things were very rough for him. And so I really kind of learned looking through his den at home, uh, him being an Omega brother, having pictures with Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, Bill Cosby before all of this, before we knew sure. all of this, sure. but, I mean, yeah. um, black, excellence at its finest of individuals who pass the baton and the message of of showing what we really want to do so my my grandfather is definitely i would say my number one favorite um that no one really would yeah. uh, know unless you're in from the state of delaware he's very famous in the state of delaware um delaware state university and delaware university um there are classes and and things like that that you have to learn about him even right. till this day so he's pretty he's very famous in the state of uh, Delaware, which is the first state in the, in the union. Um, That's awesome. That's that, be, awesome. that being said, you know, uh, I never was a Martin Luther King fan. Um, I, what, what I mean by that was that he was so commercialized and so taught to us all the time that I was never, like, oh, my, I want to be Martin Luther King. No, I, I wanted to be Muhammad Ali. Yeah. 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 I wanted to be a sports figure. They could walk with the people, talk with the people, boast about my self-confidence. Um, and that's kind of how I was taught as a black man. Always be confident. If right. someone says, who, who can jump the highest? Even if you know it's not you, I can jump the highest. I, I've always been taught like a LeVar, a LeVar ball approach. If anybody yeah. knows that. Sure. Is. Yeah. I'm the best. No one can do this. And that's just that was just, it's just talking yourself up and hyping yourself up to know, you know, the jobs you have to do. So Mark, um, Muhammad Ali, Dr. Cornell West. Oh my God. Uh, someone who's still yeah. around now that I look up to, um, as a hero and an idol. And, um, uh, after that, above all, um, Malcolm X, 
because the man was so handsome. He was so intelligent and he is a, what he represents to the folks out there who have believed in one thing their whole life, well, a part of their life, and to change that belief, not change it entirely, but to change it in a way of, we don't have to be this way, we could be this way. And yeah. so there was something intrinsic about Malcolm X to me that I think that he needs to be realized, uh, recognized on a federal level like Martin Luther King is. And he has schools named after him and all these type of things because of, of, of what he talked about, of by any means necessary, defend yourself to love your brother, love, love one another, even if their complexion is white. Sure. And that's Cornell, Cornell West's message. I'm glad you mentioned him because currently sometimes I, I think about who the current national global black leaders are. And Cornell West is somebody that, oh my God, I love him. <laughs> you know, I love what he's about. I love the unity message that he's about. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that the, the different approaches are wrong at all, at all, right. you know, because it takes a village. It takes everybody's different voices. Some people have different personal experiences, you know, and, and uh, I'm, I'm really glad to hear you say, I didn't know where you were going to go with it about who your who your civil rights hero. I'm glad that you mentioned a personal family member, you know, your grandfather, because a lot of times there's no right answer to that question, but a lot of times the answer would be, because when I say civil rights heroes, that doesn't mean that they made headlines or made, you know, in his case, he, he did or was right there with it. But it could be a mom, you know, that has taught you that black is beautiful or taught you that regardless of what somebody said, like you were saying, the message of Muhammad Ali, that people might not like you because of this reason, which is unacceptable. But until that until they do accept you, you're going to love you and you're going to love yourself past that. And I think that's really incredible. You know, and one, one more just real quick that yeah. is active. Dave Chappelle. Oh my God. Absolutely. He's not seen as an actual black activist, but active activism through comedy and that I, I'm a comedian. I don't know a lot of people that may, may not, but bef before people knew me through all this, they knew me as a comedian. Dave Chappelle is amazing. And the thing is, is Dave Chappelle does it in a way that's unapologetic so that he might offend the black community in saying his truth. I want to emphasize his because it's his truth. And mm -hmm. one thing that I believe is that we all should be allowed our truths individually. You know, so if someone has their own personal experience, maybe a white person that has experience, it's like I've been wronged by black people. It's like, okay, talk, tell us the story so that we can overcome these issues. You know, so this is the thing that a lot of times gets lost. It's like, what about me? I'm poor, you know, and it's like, oh my God, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the systematic oppression. I mean, there's so mm -hmm. much. I think, I think I'm totally getting off point, but the, just the history in America of like sharecroppers and how few loans can get, you know, there's just so many examples that we've learned in the last two years because of people like you doing your work, marching in the streets. It's making people have conversations. It's making people dig and find historical evidence of a systematic oppression. And that's what we need to change, you know, and that's what, that's what, you know, I'd imagine that's what your whole message is, is that we're going to create change and I'm going to do my part to help, you know, and I've, as a white person, been on the sidelines in a lot of situations. So the best I can do is to elevate voices and allow people like you to speak on my platform. And it's an honor to hear your words. Uh, anybody listening, go check out Dave Chappelle, 839 on YouTube. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's amazing about this whole police brutality issue, mm -hmm. reaction and all that stuff. Now we're going to get out of here, but I wanted to ask you, uh, some links that we're going to put in the show notes that were very important to you and how people can use them. Can you tell me about those links that NAACP and ACLU? Um, so I, I, I did a, um, a zoom call with, with both of those organizations and I spoke um, to some of the, some of the leaders and some of the lawyers that were a part of that uh, networking team. Now what they some of them saw the video of what happened to um, the, the protester, Tyshawn Ford, um, one of the, the black, one of a part, person of black unity leadership. And they were, the, their reaction was my, my reaction, just disgusted, appalled. And we know that things haven't changed much. 
Um, so those organizations uh, that, that came together and they saw what, what was going on, what they wanted to, to extend through me and through my voice was, we are here for you. ACLU, NAACP are organizations that have been around for a number of years, grassrooted for the advancement of colored people, obviously within the NAACP, but same thing with the uh, ACLU. Now they have legal representation um, that are willing to work on pro, uh, pro bono on cases of people who have been discriminated, hated, violently, um, uh, violence placed upon them, all these different type of things within your community. And so they, what they ask is fill out this incident report and not only you, if you have a witness, have the witness fill out. If you have a friend that watched the video, have the friend fill it out. I filled out both of them for both of, uh, both of them saying I was not there. But I watched the witness. I watched the live stream all the way up to this point, and this is what I believe through my own eyes of what I saw. And that's what they're asking for. All if you give the NAACP and the ACLU over fifty incident reports, it's something that they're going to have to look at and take very seriously. And right. that's why they're like, please, please, everybody, get there, do that. I don't care if you were there or not. If you saw the video, please go on there and say this incident took place. This it, it's getting it's just kind of like sharing a video, right? Sure. This happened. This happened. It's easy to share. Please take the ten minutes for one incident report, whether it be NAACP, ACLU, or twenty minutes for both. Fill out your truths. That's a way that you can help without costing anything but your time, your thoughts, and your effort. Right. And so that's why I wanna. Uh, I, I took that message and I projected it out to people and i really would like people to go out there and do that so that way we can help without having to donate the the, the thing that's that's in our pocket but just our time and service right and so i'll, I'll include those links in the show notes yes uh, please. naacp uh, i'm sure would actually would represent people uh you know it doesn't have to be people of color even though that's their message right. now the now the aclu is a thousand percent about just discrimination period you know they've worked yeah. tirelessly with lgbtq plus community uh i mean i it's if anybody's unaware of the work that they do it's just so important that you check out their their websites you know for both and, groups and just to get the narrative correct the, the naacp was founded by web du bois and two other white individuals so it was never just for people of color sure. at that time, it was when it started very early in the South and the, the early thirties and stuff like that. It was for re legal representation of people of color who couldn't go down as a, like Thurgood Marshall being a lawyer, he couldn't go down to act on such certain cases because of, because of his color. So right. they wanted white people to do that. So it was getting that legal legal representation of people that look the people of white that could go in those Southern States and, um, defend our brothers and sisters right. well, and, and so like i said it's, it's for all even though the name seems very just like black unity black unity means unity for all really right it's just we're geared towards people of color to help the ones that have been disenfranchised and um disproport disproportionately hated on for a long time right that's what and it's there, about so you know there's so much stuff coming out that about the way that like i said before about the construction of this country uh, that is appalling and it's eye-opening and I'm glad that people are finally educating themselves. You know, I know that in your personal experience in your home, I would imagine that you were taught a lot of these things at a younger age, you know, and, and it's, yeah. it's unfortunate that it's taken what it's taken to make change. I really feel like this time is different. I feel like there's a lot of people of white backgrounds, uh, you know, of privilege, whatever you want to call it, that are finally starting to join to listen to the message at least, you know, and even people that it's really challenging their belief systems. And I got to give credit to those people as well. You know, people that are finally like, yeah. okay, yeah. you know, okay, I've, I've been, this has been drilled home, but I actually am starting to really see it. And it takes a big person to admit that they've been wrong, you know? So I think a huge step in this whole movement and that what the minority freedom network, like I said, what, 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 what kills a, what kills an organization or a movement is trying to be the Atlas man. You're at the bottom and you're trying to help the whole world. Sure. Now, yes, that's a great thing. We want to save the whales. We want to save the planet. We don't want plastic. We don't want, you know, there's all these things, human trafficking. There's a lot of things across the board, but there's other organizations that have strongholded those certain movements. So it's getting that information out there through our organization and through our voice to say, hey, look, 
if you care about this, this is the link that works directly with this. This is how you can donate to these people that stop these causes. Right. Um, where I've experienced most of the racism and where I would like to ta- tackle the roots of the issues through our school systems. I experienced a lot of racism as a child that I, I seldom often think back and say, wow, that was, that was racist. Sure. It's things that as a child, you don't think are racist. You know what I mean? A teacher saying, oh, Isaiah could probably dunk this basketball. Ha ha ha. You know, and then just kind of move on about sports. You know, you have your gym teacher say, oh, you know, Isaiah could probably do this and do that. And then you're just like, why did that person single me out? Or um, a lot of the times where for me, I, growing up in Lane County, we all know it's predominantly white. Sure. The girls that I wanted to date were predominantly white because, you know, you got two or maybe one or two black females in your school, you know, Hispanic community, but then, you know, majority is white. So, I mean, you look around and of course you're going to like what you like. Not not saying I don't like black women. I I date a black woman now that that is Chantel that is my partner that we're doing this together. But it's just saying that growing up through these school systems, dating white women, going home to meet their parents and then getting that, that dreaded phone call from my girlfriend who can no longer be my girlfriend for X, Y, and Z decisions. Yeah. Um, I was, sometimes I was told blatantly and I'll say this as a kid, I just didn't understand. I understand now what it was, but as a child, I was just kind of like, I accepted it because I didn't really understand. Oh, my dad doesn't want us mixing races. Okay. I get it. You know, 14 years old. Okay. Yeah, no, I I understand that hurt the hell out of me, but I was just kind of like, whatever. But now I'm like, that's wrong, you know, and that's something I couldn't. That's the difficult part. Yeah. Ah. So that's why I would, that's where we would like to attack the issue, the racism through through schooling and that, you know, a lot of kids are innocent and they don't really know how to speak up and have their own voice for themselves. So that's a huge thing for me as well. See, and that's where I think the Children's March had its had, had its uh, necess- necessity, you know, you know, and I, I can see the message. And that's why I wanted to talk to you today to get you to hear your words, you know, to uh, just hear what you have to say. I'm sure that I'm going to get some flack or whatever negative feedback from people that don't listen. And uh, I, you know, I definitely commend you or the, the hate the, Isaiah Wagner. Yeah, oh, man. You know, I definitely <laughs> if, if you in my circle and my group of friends, close friends. The people that don't know you personally, like me, the people that have watched the streams, I've heard really positive remarks about you, you know, about the way that your approach has been and whatnot. And so I don't know. And like we talked talked about before, when nobody's condemning different approaches, it's just mm-hmm. it's just it takes it takes different expression to get it across. But I don't know. The movement is working and I think that we're seeing change. So Isaiah Wagner of the Freedom Minority Network. It's an honor to talk to you and get to hear your words on, you know, these complex, difficult issues and keep fighting the fight. I'm proud of, of having you in our community and I'm proud to be a, a South, South Eugene graduate, just like you, you know, that's a great school. Yeah. So, I mean, I loved it. There is issues obviously with every school, but South Eugene worked really hard to kind of make an inclusive atmosphere. So. Uh, honestly i loved it all the teachers that that i went through are like brothers and sisters to me and it was one of the first places in eugene through the school system that i actually felt home sure uh, at south eugene going to the sheldon area from willa gillespie kyle young sheldon then eventually south eugene but i did want to say this um i am not planning at the moment to run for any elective elected office at, at the moment but I am planning on running for either uh, what I'd like to start out with is a city council official Absolutely. and um, elected office. If, if being, if being, uh, if, if I can get to that point where I could be a mayor uh, of this city, it's honestly been a dream of mine since I was a kid. I've always wanted to be someone who could be of that power and change, make the changes I'd like to see and, and help, you know, get the information mm-hmm. out there. So, um, it's too it's too early for me this year because I think that you know it takes a lot of money, it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of things that go into it. But um you better believe that I'll be out there running. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Absolutely. when you do, I'll have you back on the show and we'll talk about your platform. You're gonna have a lot of competition for mayor in the future because Thomas Huda 
<laughs> Thomas Huda is he is dead set on being the first uh, mayor of Eugene's history of, of of a person of color. You know, he's of Asian descent. Hey, and, I'll vote for him. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I I'm not a I'm not over here to 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 be a crab in the barrel and pull everybody down. I'm over here to try to get my get my get myself in so I can try to do the help I can do. And unless we're running against each other in the future, then obviously. But oh no, um, no. I'm just you know I'll, I'll I'll vote for someone. Uh, you know that's trying to take that interest now and, and put it in their hands. But that would be a beautiful um, thing. I don't know if you know Thomas, but that would be a beautiful thing yeah, for yeah. you to, to bounce ideas off each other, to help each other grow, to help each other re- represent a broader community. That's amazing. And I, I look forward to seeing how your, how your path goes. After Kitty and Lucy, I'd like to see a, uh, I'd like to see a woman of color. Sure. Whether that be Hispanic, whether that be Asian, whether that be indigenous, whether that be black. I would love to see a woman of color step up and do what's right and run and you will have my full support and we'll make sure that we get you back in there. So now this is going to air a week after recording. So we're recording on the second, this is going to air the following week. So we will know by the time this airs who Joe Biden has chose as his running mate. Now I am going to make a prediction here, even though everyone will know my prediction is Susan Rice. Susan Rice is incredible, but there's so many qualified women of color that are in the finalist list. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So this is, this is the second, but we'll find out probably within the next couple of days. So that'll be before this is released. Isaiah Wagner. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. The Freedom Minority Network is their socials for the for the Freedom Minority Network, or is that is it kind of a newer thing? So that'll be built on is it like social media stuff. We do have a we do have an Instagram um, we do have an Instagram and we also do have a um, a Facebook page. We're asking people to go ahead and like the Facebook page. We're um, coming out with our, um, our 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 list of beliefs and our values here Sweet. shortly this week, so everybody can have an in depth look of what we're about and what we're trying to do, and then open dialogues discussions to come shortly cool. with so uh, everyone right i'll put that the link in the show notes as well so the link to the freedom minority network facebook page and instagram and then the links to naacp and the links to aclu remember with both of those organizations if you have been the victim of uh, a hate crime or anything like that you know you can go to those websites and, and fill out an incident report and whatnot and witnesses as well do the same thing we're going to end this with a song uh, with a pioneer in hip-hop in Eugene, Oregon, uh, Michael K. So I chose a song of his. I, th- I felt like it was fitting. So this is Open Your Eyes by Michael K. Isaiah Wagner, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was a blessing and an honor. All right. Take care. You too. No matter the places, it's all the same, all the same faces Running the same races at different paces Looking at life, hoping that God don't erase this I know life is real soon as the base hits But it's hard to swallow that God is faceless Watch out, cause the devil will play tricks And try to get your soul caught up inside the matrix Fake tricks, only out to make chips It's tasteless, looking for a way to take trips To Vegas, smooth operator with snake miss How much longer will the righteous take this? I say this as a revelation, the eighth fist To fight for a chance to finally escape this Open your eyes and hopefully you'll see the It's sad to listen to all of the battered women talking about how these spouses always mad and giving all of his love to a bottle at the local tavern. Taking straight shots till his stomach mad burns. Now he's washed up like a pig with a bad perm and spent all the cash that the family had earned. Now it's time for change to heal the pain, the truth to gain, and who's to blame for losing aim? Nobody to blame but us. It's strange to us how life gets dangerous. But the living spirit out in the rain to rust. Life's a fire and change is a flame to us. Reality ain't always the same to us. In my opinion, it shouldn't be a game to us. Open your eyes and hopefully you'll see the difference between reality and what you see every day on TV. I'm a cool piece of keeping it real, you feel me? Open your eyes and hopefully you'll see the difference between reality and what you see every day on TV. I'm a cool piece of keeping it real, you feel me? Open your eyes and hopefully you'll see.
will see the difference between reality and what you see every day on TV. I'm a cool piece of keeping it real, you feel me? Open your eyes and hopefully you'll see the difference between reality and what you see every day on TV. I'm a cool piece of keeping it real, you feel me?